Welcome to the Barefoot Scholars Podcast. Join three moms as we share all we've learned and are still learning on our adventure from paper and pencil work to the wide open world of barefoot education. Welcome to our fourth episode of the Barefoot Scholars Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about nature. We're going to start with the why we started going outside and end with the how we do it. So I know I, me and the girl started going outside just because it broke up the day. It gave us the needed brain breaks when our brains were just fried. Um, Walking outside gave us that mental clarity just to clear, clear our brains. And when we came back home, we were ready to learn and tackle whatever obstacle was stopping us um, before we got outside. It helped my body smart kids move their bodies, challenge their bodies in ways that didn't drive me as crazy as it does when it's happening inside the house. Um, And when we first started this, we had, I had a one-year-old. So getting her outside and being able to expend some of that extra energy to calm her down so that we could get through the learning with the other two girls was really helpful. Same with Emma. Being outside gave us opportunities to be social. Um, I know we took advantage of playing with our neighbors and riding bikes to their house and just being outside. The opportunity to meet other kids and play with different kids. Um, And like Michelle said, it gave us an opportunity to just like have a break. So nature was uh, always our first pick usually when we were declining in our mood. Hannah, how do you use nature to inspire curiosity and creativity in your homeschool lessons? I think this is exactly what brought us to homeschooling. I mean, back in episode one, I talked about the fact that, you know, we came to homeschooling because one of the big things was our kids discovering some bird feathers and being so curious about them. And if you want that whole story, you'll have to go back to that episode. But, you know, I think whenever our kids are outside, they get so curious and you don't have to force it. They're always observing different animals. Um, they're just learning how our state works, you know, with our different seasons or just the um, interconnectedness of nature that it always provides. They're figuring those things out. They're learning about natural predators and they're learning about venomous snakes that they need to avoid. Um, and just observing different animals or creatures in their natural environment. So they get super curious and want to know more and more. And, you know, they're always asking us questions. We're looking things up. And I just feel like it allows them to chase that curiosity. And do we always have every single answer right in that moment? No. Mm-hmm. But they know that they can they can take in what is around them and then they they can use that to apply when they're looking something up on a screen or mm-hmm. reading something in the book but they still have the understanding of what it really really looks like or what it feels like what it smells like you know what it tastes like they're they're figuring out all of those different things by spending so much time in nature uh, michelle can you share some of your favorite outdoor activities that align with your home homeschooling goals One of the most memorable times was just recently when the three of us were at um, a new-to-us park that a friend had told us about. And on our hike, we had come across uh, what our kids were calling zombie brains. And at first, I think we had just seen one or two. And we were curious, and we have pocket knives with us. So they started sawing into them, and... uh, it took a lot of work to do that. There was sawing with a pocket knife. There was chucking it at the tree to try to tr- uh, to try to break it open. 
What else did they do with those things? Oh, I stomped on them, on them um, banged them against bigger trees. It took a lot of work to get the sucker open, but we were really curious about what was inside. So they finally get it open, and it kind of looked like it had the texture of a pineapple. Um, then we started smelling it. Uh, Callie, who did most of the cutting, quickly realized it was very sticky because she could not get any of her fingers apart <laughs> from holding it. Um and we kind of did a quick Google search and found out it was edible and not poisonous. So there was some tasting that was that happened. And then once we got done with that exploring, we walked a little further and found tons of them all over the place. And so, Sammy, you had the great idea to make a little goalpost with some twigs. And the kids had a bowling tournament with some zombie brains in the middle of the hiking trail. And I think that kept them busy for 35, 40 minutes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with nothing but, I don't even remember what those things were called. Hedge apples. Hedge apples, mm-hmm. a.k.a. zombie brains and two twigs and a little friendly competition. Mm-hmm. So, it's amazing what the kids will come up with if they, you yeah. know, just giving the space and time to play <clears throat> and to be outdoors. And, you know, yes, I think Sammy started it by putting the sticks in the ground, mm-hmm. but the kids got another big stick and they – had measurements of, okay, you start here, and then we're going to move that back. And if you can make it here, and they created a whole scoring system yeah. and um, tournament and style. The and, and all that was done by them. It's just mm-hmm. amazing. And, you know, one thing we're going to talk about a lot in this is nature, as you guys can tell. And we love nature. We're big advocates for nature. And we will share a lot of our kind of bigger adventures. Um, that. I guess if you don't spend time outside or you that's never been your priority could feel a little bit overwhelming. So one thing I want to share is, you know, Sammy, when you asked that question about different experiences, one thing that we love to do in our family is just take our book work outside. Mm-hmm. Um, it truly is as simple as that. Um, getting vitamin D, being in nature, just having, be, being outside, you know, nature literally is outside. So for us, um, just taking it out to our porch, to our backyard, and being able to have the fresh air while we're doing our traditional math work mm-hmm. or our traditional language arts. I mean, I think the kids much prefer, you know, practicing their spelling words on the trampoline than they do <laughs> inside writing it at their desk. But mm-hmm. even if it is that they have traditional writing to do, being able to take a blanket out and lay it on the grass and just be able to be outside while doing our work or going out there for our read-alouds it really does change everyone's attitudes and it is so calming not just for my kids but also for me to be able to be doing um, more traditional school work but just being able to do it outside in the fresh air. Mm-hmm. Yeah there's so many benefits of getting outside. You know I've mentioned before that I like who I am when I'm outside out in nature and I believe all our children would say the same about themselves because there's something to be said when you're out in the sun um, and you're breathing the fresh air, and there's so many other resources about getting outside before noon and how that, like, mm-hmm. sets your circadian rhythm, mm-hmm. I'm saying that right, mm-hmm. um, which leads to better sleep. And mm-hmm. I love that because sleep is so important to repair your brain, to learn. Um, for me, it's just like a mood booster. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm less anxious when I'm outside. Being out in the sun is proven to decrease depression. Um, and anxiety. And anxiety, yeah. Um, it just reduces stress in general. I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but that's something that I definitely experience in my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, also being outside, too, I think about Molly and I think about Tilly because they're our youngest, and they have 
like the smallest legs and the littlest feet. Well, Tilly's a little bit taller than Emma. Almost. <laughs> yeah. But they're walking on uneven terrain and they have to balance and they have to really work hard. And they get to experience that every time we go outside, not just for 30 minutes on recess on a flat playground or flat, like, what is it called? Asphalt? Like turf. Yeah. Yeah. Asphalt. So there's so many benefits to that too. And I also think about the times where we've gotten lost on the trail and that has led to perseverance for our children that we need to keep going. Keep going. <laughs> to get out. Because <laughs> that's the definition of perseverance. <laughs> yes. Sure thing. Um, awesome. Uh, also, problem solving skills. Like, we need to learn how to read a map or like pay attention to trail signs. And there's so many benefits of going outside. I mean, we could probably speak about this forever, but. Um, those are just a few that I'm thinking about. I also think of natural consequences when you talk about following mm-hmm. the trail sign. I mean, the natural consequence of all 10 of us not following trail signs is doubling the length of the trail and missing evening activities. <laughs> but you know what? So We're going to be better about it. And that was a lesson for all 10 of us. Yeah. And I think it also teaches the kids, you know, we were relying so heavily on our community that day. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that we're talking about a specific day or anything, but, um, you know, when we have gotten lost, um, our kids are exhausted Uh and they are done and they were prepared to be done with We as moms and the amount of snacks we Uh packed were were done. (laughs) We were done for the day, you know. But our kids could rely on each other and, you know, you can put some music on your phone and you can just start trying to rally everybody together and have the distraction of each other. And it just, it comes back to community and, like you said, perseverance. And they're such great lessons for our kids to learn. Because I think one thing we get asked as homeschoolers is, well, how will your kid know how to deal with the real world if they're not going to school? But the thing is, is that our kids are living the real world. And... Those times when we are lost or when we've messed up or we've gotten turned around, they're learning how to deal with that. And it's just, just because we're not sitting there and teaching them it, they are figuring it out because they are experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And without a choice. I mean, there's yeah. no, a math worksheet, you can really just throw your pencil down and get take up and the walk F. away yeah. and decide to take the F. But when you are stuck in the middle of, a trail, or you're stuck in the middle of monkey bars, or you're stuck climbing halfway up the slide. There's, there's no wow. You mm-hmm. have to fi- you have to think about it and decide which path you're going to take. You're either going to drop, you're going to ask for help, you're going to get encouragement from your friends, your community, or you're going to drop. I mean, there's mm-hmm. absolutely there's not a whole lot of other options right there. Mm-hmm. In a way that normalizes like being frustrated or feeling like you want to quit because we're as like a group, we're all feeling a little defeated. Um, and I, I feel like there's something with that, just like having a community of feeling a certain way, but also being able to like push past that mm-hmm. and getting done, like doing what you need to do to finish the hike or get to your car because you've been lost. Mm-hmm. And I think as moms, we've been transparent, you know, in those moments, like we can hold it together and we can say like, that's fine, we can do it. But we also have been able to say to them, yeah, I'm exhausted too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I, I get it. And your little sister who yeah. we're planning on carrying. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, you know, I, but I think when we can relate to them and just say, yeah, man, I'm tired too. This is hard for me too. Mm-hmm. They can see an adult mm-hmm. in a light that is not just that we have it all together. We know mm-hmm. every single thing. No, we're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. We're going to get lost. We're going to get turned around. We're going to forget something. I mean, the amount of times I haven't had a Band-Aid on a hike 
you know, because I left it in the other adventure pack. Like, mm-hmm. sorry. Like, I, I, I mean, I've wrapped my kids in a pad. <laughs> yep. Literally, I have wrapped a, a pad around a finger because there was a cut and there were no band-aids. But you just, they see that we're not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. But we're going to stick by their sides through it and we're going to get through it together and I think that's really beautiful well and the responsibility it teaches them too as you're talking about the things you've forgotten mm-hmm. I mean you know I, I'm not going to always remember everybody's water bottle but if you can remember your own water bottle if you take the time to choose your own snacks and pack them in your own pack if you you know help mommy get your hat and gloves your favorite hat and gloves that you want so I don't grab the wrong ones and put them in the backpack so that we have them you know, that is teaching a major sense of responsibility. No, they don't have to remember their book bags and their tablets every single day when they're walking out the door and getting on the bus, but they are having to hold responsibility for things that they will have very real, very natural consequences for if they don't follow through on those responsibilities. And they probably won't forget that again. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they will, but they'll experience that same natural consequence because they're not perfect either. Another question we get is how do we get out the door get out in nature when we're not feeling motivated. And I can go first. Um, A big resource for me is you guys. If I have made plans with friends and I know I can't back out, I can't no-show you guys because that's rude. I mean, I will be late because that's who I am. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, that's motivating. And also for Emma, where she is expecting to see her friends, she is so excited to see all your kids. So that's very motivating for us to get outside, even on the days where it's a little bit colder, it's really hot, or maybe our moods aren't great. So what about you guys? One thing I like to do if they're feeling a little, you know, the weather's not our exact, you know, everybody has their exact like perfect temp, right? Like whether you like it sunny and 70 or 95 and sunny or like 30. I don't know who likes it 30, but I know there's those of you out there, but everybody likes their perfect temp. So if it's not that or the kids are a little lagging or whatever, um, one thing I like to do is ask them what they want for lunches and have them pick their own snacks. That way they're looking forward to it. They know they're excited about their lunch. Um, and a lot of times they'll help me make it. Um, and then we are also very motivated in our house by the thousand hours outside challenge. Um, we started doing that last year and I think our total was 833 hours, um, in the full calendar year. And this year we hit a thousand hours by mid November. So that was exciting. And the girls were like, don't stop it now. We got to keep, I want to see how many we do. And then next year we're going to do the challenge again. And I want to see if we can get a bigger number. Cause I already know we're going to hit a thousand hours. So for us, just that I had started a timer every single time we go outside and I have three girls and we're not always all together. So for me, if more than half, so if there's like two kids plus me outside or two kids plus dad outside, then I count it. Um, and there's lots of times where, especially Ella with running and stuff, she's outside when nobody else is. So I feel like eventually it all kind of evens out. Um, but we are super motivated by that. We also, um, try to provide some different fun things for our kids to do. Uh, I feel like our kids do a really good job of entertaining themselves because there's so many of them when they're together. But if they are kind of hitting a wall or we know, okay, what we're about to ask of them might not be exactly their cup of tea, Mm -hmm. um, then try to provide like something simple like a scavenger hunt that literally can just be a, like something that you write on a piece of paper. And the funny thing is I have this on here from my notes about being outside, but 
I rarely use this outside. I actually use this for indoor activities. So put that in your back pocket for when you go to a museum. That might seem a little overwhelming for a kid and maybe a little bit boring. If you can give them a scavenger hunt, um, you know, try to find this many things in a painting or this type of whatever, it can keep them motivated. And you can also use it outside. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when we're on these longer hikes and the kids are starting to get maybe a little bit tired or um, just not feeling it, just turning anything into a game. So, okay, can you find three red leaves? Can you find two yellow how many turtles can we spot um, or whatever animal it is that you might see in your area just try and do that or I know my children love cloud pictures um, if there are any clouds in the skies we are constantly trying to find different cloud pictures so you know just something to take their mind off if they're a little bit physically overwhelmed then taking something that can take their mind over that physical exertion um, really helps them just kind of forget what they're doing and or play tag you know Mm -hmm. everybody's running then even though they were just complaining about walking I was just thinking that about things that we've done when we lose motivation on the trail too Mm -hmm. like right now we're speaking to things to just get us out the door but the things that we do on the trail to stay motivated like you mentioned music earlier I mean we've Mm -hmm. definitely played some Lizzo Lizzo and favorite (laughs) tunes on the phone um, as we're hiking Uh, the littles especially when their legs get tired it's weird how they can't walk anymore but if you ask them to run they're all about that and they're so Mm -hmm. fast Mm -hmm. Um, you know racing to whatever spot is ahead of us Um, so yeah that reminded me of that I wanted to add in there so right now it's winter time and it's a little bit more difficult to be motivated to get outside so Uh, A benefit of homeschooling, again, is we know our children and what they like to do and what they dislike to do. But uh, when they need an extra push, we try to do things like sledding outside um, and also bringing hot cocoa or something warm to eat to keep them motivated while we're outside. Um, Or afterwards. afterwards. Our kids (laughs) have been known to chant things like ice cream or Or hot hot chocolate, chocolate. depending on their moods. Oh, yes. And another activity we do outside is we do um, igloo building. We've tried to, like, resurrect a huge igloo. We've never been able to do it because it doesn't stay cold long enough. But that's really motivating for uh, for Emma because she likes having a job. Um, So that always allows us to be outside a little bit more when it's colder. Um, now, when it's warmer, it's even easier, but here are some things that we do as a group and even individually. Anytime there is water, we can be there for hours. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking like a little tiny babbling <laughs> brook, a creek, a huge waterfall, which is like three feet in Indiana, um, a beach. Literally, water will keep us outside forever, um, but also like any place that we can like, like double it, like with a a mm-hmm. park and then a hike or a, a park. change of scenery. Yes, and then mm-hmm. uh, a creek that we can play in or a trail that we can bring our bikes and bike. Um, that's always very motivating for the kids because it's just a different activity to do outside. I would add one thing to the cold weather climate is I know that one thing my family likes to do are water or snow paints. And so it's the simplest thing. You literally just need an empty spray bottle. And then if you do water and some food coloring, you can send your kids outside with that spray bottle and they will just go to town or like a squeezy bottle. Mm -hmm. Um, What are they called? Like ours are like, we use condiment bottles from the dollar store. Yeah. Like almost like a ketchup and mustard. Yeah. Because then they can draw and they they can can write their names. They can 
They can make the biggest creations mm-hmm. in the snow. Um, those you can also, you could pack and take if you're going on mm-hmm. a winter hike. Um, I feel like our kids do great on winter hikes from the standpoint of they can go off trail. And so they love to just be able to explore. There's really no limits when it's a winter hike. So um, they don't need as acti- as many activities on the hike. But just at home, when you are having a home day, you you're, know you're going to be um, not doing any big adventure, just to go outside and switch it up a little bit. A little water and food coloring can go a really long way in the winter. Mm-hmm. Speaking of winter, it just reminded me, um, I know that especially with littles, and let's be honest, like even my 11-year-old, um, getting all that gear on for possibly like five minutes of outside time can be really, really daunting. So I did want to share one of my tips for getting outside easier, and that's to have a shoe organizer on the inside of my hall closet, hall uh, coat closet. So it holds, I don't know, 24 shoes or something, but in each one of those, I have all of their hats and gloves organized. So the very bottom row is all of Molly's stuff, the four-year-old. So she has her hats and her gloves. Gloves are folded like socks. So when we're heading out the door and I say, you need to grab your your um, gloves and hats, she can grab her own. And when we come inside with all that garb, she knows exactly where it goes. Same with Callie. Callie has a row. Ella has a row. I have a row. And Chad has a row. And it just makes it really super easy for them to be independent. I'm all about them doing as much for themselves as possible because I can barely take care of myself. So I need them to help me out. We have adopted this method. And I think you should probably share on Instagram Absolutely. some pictures of what how you, Absolutely. How you do it. So after this, check that. Another thing that I sometimes use when nobody's feeling motivated to go outside is asking them what it is they want to do to, that's keeping them inside. Whether they're in the middle of playing with Barbies or baby dolls or Plus Plus or Picasso tiles, whatever it is. Maybe they can bring that with us outside. I mean, you've taken Plus Plus downtown with us and walked and created (laughs) you know if it's something that's easy to go can they take it with them can they take the barbie on a hike why not can they wear i mean molly has a little carrier for her baby doll can she wear a carrier for her baby doll and take her on a hike why not Mm -hmm. and if it's something that they're wanting to do that's not possible to take with them then just if if it's something you can tell them that they can do once the hike is over just remind them this is going to be at home when we get back and Mm -hmm. we don't have anything else going on the rest of the day so if that's what you want to do we have you know, while, while mommy's making dinner, you can play with whatever toy it is that you're wanting to play with right now. I think the other thing that we all have learned over these past four years, and it's taken time, is that we can and are able to trust the learning that takes place naturally. When you are going outside, your kids are learning something. It, mm-hmm. it, it may not look like it. It may not feel like it. But if their brains aren't learning something, their body is, you know, they, it, which those two are very connected. So clearly everything is happening and it might not be that they're learning two plus two equals four, but they are learning about the natural world around them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know we all mentioned earlier when we were talking before recording is, yeah, we used to make them journal when we got home and tell about what they saw and, for it to Kid, quote unquote for it to as count. a school day. Yeah. <laughs> but the kids don't need to do that. Um, the hike truly is enough. And mm-hmm. they're going to sit with what they've learned. And they're going to know the experiences they had um, learning about the crawdads or seeing the tadpoles or seeing the turtles and the snakes and mm-hmm. um, what they learned from the nature expert at the nature center in the mm-hmm. state park. You can trust in that and understand that there are going to be opportunities 
um, for them to share stories. You know, the next time they're talking to a friend or to a grandparent or to a, you know, to a, to, to anybody, you might hear them share a story that you didn't even realize that they saw on the hike. Um, but if you can make space for them to just share naturally, you'll learn it all. You don't have to force it. Um, and you know, we all said too, like, it used to be, okay, we'll go on this hike, but then when we get back, you have to finish X, Y, or Z. Um, and it's just simply not true. You know, you do have the freedom. And again, they're learning life, emotional, mm-hmm. physical, mental lessons when we are outside and in nature. And it's so good for their bodies. It's so good for their brains. And truly, that is enough. What do you think they're learning when we come across all the dead animals we've come across on our hikes? Can we talk about that for a moment? <laughs> I will say that my my family, we have a family chat between my four siblings, our spouses, and my parents, and everyone is terrified anytime I text the group with a picture because they assume it's a dead animal that we have found. I think the raccoon from last winter really scarred my family for life. And, and even my husband, he, he you know, he's just so scared. If he knows we're going on a hike and he gets a picture text, he never knows what to expect. But I think, I mean, they're learning so much. And, you know, with the raccoon, it took so much time and dedication and persistence for our kids to figure out if that was a raccoon. I mean, we were all very confused by it. We were very, there were lots of, I mean, it was a, it was whole, uh-huh. but there were lots of things. But it was, but it was frozen, too. No, no there remember was frozen on the raccoon. The, yeah. <laughs> but it was frozen. It was remember frozen. Remember, it was frozen in that creek in the bed. creek at Southwest. Yeah. Uh-huh. I remember. Uh-huh. But there... I think the fur was, is what finally did, made us determine mm-hmm. that it was a raccoon. The tail. Yeah. Because we were going between skunk, uh-huh. possum, raccoon, uh-huh. and maybe beaver at yeah. some point. But the teeth and the... And, I mean, that was our kids' knowledge. Yeah. No one was on their phones. No, no one was looking anything up. These were our kids going back and forth. Thanks to... They gathered their observations. PBS kids. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and they were going back and forth about all the different things that they saw. And it's just it's just incredible that mm-hmm. any time we come across an animal dead or alive, our kids are analyzing it, discussing Pulling in thoughts from each other. You know, not one of them is the go-to. It's Mm -mm. everybody together figuring out um, and observing and then coming to a conclusion. Do you guys remember the time we saw, like, thousands of tadpoles in Brown County? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It was wild. So weird. So weird. And even try to take them, it doesn't work. Right on in. Right on in there. Yeah. Magnifying glasses and all. Michelle, you mentioned a magnifying glass, and that leads us right to our next topic of what we pack when we're out adventuring and out in nature. Uh, Some things that I like to include um, for me personally are snacks, number one. Um, For Emma, she's really into her little mini camelback that has her own water. Um, She loves carrying her compass, her pocket knife. Um, Also, in my personal backpack, I usually have like a medical... Um, so those are just a couple examples of what we have in our pack. What about you guys? I can't think of anything I have in my pack unless maybe hats and gloves um, in my own. Kids carry their own snacks in their camel packs. Uh, what about um, extra things that we pack maybe in the car? Yeah, absolutely. So I always have, we call it our emergency pack in the trunk. Um that always has a full set of extra season appropriate clothes all the way down to undies and socks because if there's water involved or available, they're probably going to be soaking wet and nobody wants a soaking wet kid in the car mm-hmm. um, for the drive home. 
<clears throat> so I, I have um, undies, pants, or shorts, sweatshirt, or like tank top, socks. Um, I don't have shoes in the car as extra, but I do have a towel and an extra first aid kit in the trunk of the car at all times. Um, and also, I think another thing to keep in mind is to put them in clothes that you don't mind getting dirty or wet to be in with. Um, you know, the trails are not the place to sport your fancy, all nicely put together clothes. Expect holes to be in the pants by the time you're done. Expect mud to be up to their thighs. Expect shoes that are going to get muddy, um, socks that are going to be soaking wet when you're done. And if you just know that going into it, I think it helps with the mindset. And I think for me, that was a huge like barrier I had to get over when we started going outside was just knowing that, that that's going to happen. And we have washers and dryers for a reason. And if they get a hole in their pants, don't stress out about it. Don't stress them out about it. Throw them in your car for your extra clothes if you're bothered by it. And know that those are in there and that they or still serve a purpose. Or save those for the next hike. You right. know, no, just, I, I know we have plenty of pants that have holes in them. And it's like, those are the hiking pants. You're right. going to wear those. Because right. that way we're not wasting them, you right. know. But also, um, it's perfect because we don't have to care about them right. as much. Or as a base layer, when it's cold and you're wearing mm-hmm. them under snow pants or wearing them under sweatpants. Um, another big thing for us, and again, my own mental block when it came to getting outside is... I'm kind of like a 75 and sunny kind of girl. Like I didn't really like to be sweaty and I didn't really like to be cold. Um, But I've learned that if you're prepared for the weather, then it's fine. You're fine. And everyone is happier. So wearing layers. If you step outside and it's 45 degrees and it's sunny in your driveway and you step outside and you're like, it doesn't feel that bad. Trust me, it's going to be bad when you're out in the open air or it's going to be bad on the trail so even though when you step outside for 10 seconds to get in your car from your house that was warm you still need to pack you you know my kids would be in t-shirts sweatshirts leggings thick socks we would be bringing a coat hats and gloves for every single kid Um, and having those extra layers and being able to strip down layers because the kids are running around a lot more than I am and they heat up a lot faster than I do. So I may still be in my winter coat while they're running around in short sleeve shirts and they're all old enough to make that decision for themselves. And also to know that we have the extra layers in case they want to throw them back on when they slow down or take a break from playing. Um, and then the, in the summer, having a swimsuit too if we know we're going to be submerged in water somewhere um my kids just prefer getting wet in a swimsuit versus clothes because it feels weird to them but um it reminds me of that quote um there's no such thing as bad weather but bad clothing options i I, I think i probably butchered that but it's yeah along the lines of dress for what the weather is there's no such thing as bad weather you can always go outside well and i think a couple things to add one is you know, I'm the mother of the ginger, so neither of you mentioned sunscreen, but I always have sunscreen in my car, along with bug spray. Um, bug spray, and, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, like ball caps, because mm-hmm. like if, if it's tick season here, we need to have something to cover our heads. Um, or my uh, youngest, the ginger, is also very sun sensitive, so I always have, um, like not just her skin, but her eyes too, so I always have mm-hmm. sunglasses in the car. Um, and I think just... Like, I mean, I'm a minivan driver, 
proud, loud and proud, don't care. And I use that stow and go. I pack that thing full. It always has hats and gloves and ball caps and winter hats. And the our, we leave our hiking boots in there because we do not have a mudroom in our home. We don't have a space to put those. So we leave them there. And, you know, just trying to make sure we have everything with us um, for whatever comes our way. You mentioned a towel earlier, and I feel like maybe we should like touch on that some more because I think people think, oh, a towel when you're you get wet. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking about all the times we use a towel to clean like the slides on mm-hmm. the playground, yeah, and yeah, and on the swing sets mm-hmm. and all that. That's like huge because yeah. then they can actually play. Mm-hmm. Also, even if they're not wet, but if they have like tiny dirt or like sand mm-hmm. on them to yeah. get, like if they've taken their shoes off and then we have to get shoes back on or socks back on. When they take Being their at, shoes when off. When they take, <laughs> let's be honest, our kids are barefoot, hence the name Barefoot Scholars. We are those really annoying parents at the park that let their kids go barefoot and get in all the water mm-hmm. that then encourage all the other kids whose parents don't want them barefoot and don't want them in the water mm-hmm. to do just that. So when they take their shoes off and then <clears throat> when you have those sensory special kids who don't want dirt or sand in their feet when they go to put their shoes and socks back on. That towel comes in handy. It does. Absolutely. And, you know, when we were talking about weather, there's no bad weather. Um, sometimes even when you're not prepared are, are fun days, too, because there was just a time recently. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I see, It sounds like I'm talking against ourselves, but. No, I know exactly we, what you're talking about. We just about. had a day where we were not prepared for no. rain. At all. Nor the freezing cold temperatures that dropped like 20 degrees just, when it started just raining. Just none of it. And But you know what? I think it's one of our kids' favorite days this year. I feel like it's one of our favorite mm-hmm. days this year um, where, you know, we were at this park and it was great. It was all sunny and they were having a blast <laughs> and all of a sudden it was torrential downpour. But... And what we did were, the lady that working at the that was working at the park? What did she say to us when she heard us out there giggling? I don't remember. remember. No, she walked out of that barn. She said, "I love this. They are making core memories right now." She did because That's we right. were letting them run up and down the rows of crops, so muddy and oh. pouring, pouring down, pouring down rain, mud up their shores into their underwear. I think to toot our own horns too. I will say we joined them. Yeah. Well, there was a time where we were with the little or two and, you know, the big kids had said, we're going to go out in the rain. We're going to go explore. And we were staying under like a tree canopy. I uh-huh. mean, not a real one, but just a canopy of trees trying to stay a little bit more dry. Mm-hmm. And we were with the four and five year olds and, you know, the big kids were off exploring. And then it just was like, you know what? No, we're just going to go. And so I think for those, our, our kids to see us soaking wet, not caring, getting our clothes wet. Makeup running down our faces. Yeah, not Hair oh, stuck to our just, face. <laughs> and then they started chaining hot chocolate, and we went and We went right out of that chocolate. coffee shop you into know, public looking just like that. <laughs> I think that was such a good lesson for them that, you know, yeah, we'll we'll do it too. We'll come play. I mean, I think that's one thing we've talked about, you know, and Sammy that we always say you've taught us so much about being willing to play mm-hmm. and those opportunities, you know, it was not ideal. It was not the plan. Uh, Tilly, I think, went into the coffee shop in a bathing suit yeah. and shorts because I had not turned over my yeah. uh, my car pack. That was all to I had. To be fair, it was un- a random, unseasonably random. cold day. But, you know, <laughs> those, those things can, even when you're not prepared, mm-hmm. if you can look for a memory in there, you might be able to just be all right. Yep, for sure. Hannah, talk to us about what you bring when we are hiking, like, near water and things that you pack, because I feel like you're really great at bringing those kind of things. 
whenever we have decided that we're going to go near a water spot, you know, we want to make sure that we have buckets and shovels. Um, if you have a sand sifter or nets, I feel like nets is the biggest thing for our kids, but... Or Crocs. Or Crocs. That's what I mean. <laughs> or, but if they don't have a net, they will be um, very inventive and use their Crocs or whatever they can have. Um, and then, you know, bug catchers. Those are always fun. So just just things that they can engage in the um, in, in whatever it is that's around them. They always have a good time with it. But honestly, if you don't have access to any of those, they will find a way to just just play in it all find a stick to dig in the sand absolutely Mm -hmm. it's not going to stop them it's just sometimes it can buy you a little bit extra Mm -hmm. time or um add to the play that they have and then you know when we're going out to a playground a playground usually speaks for itself but if we know there's going to be an open space my son is obsessed with sports so having you know a basketball in the car or any a playground ball anything if you can have chalk for kids to play with or skip bits just Frisbees, really anything um, if you want to be able to make a game out of it. But you can keep it as simple as you want. These are just options that can make, can kind of help extend your time and kind of be a babysitter for Mm -hmm. you if you need to have some time to walk laps at the Mm -hmm. park or just sit and I mean, there are definitely times we have all these things packed and they never come out of our car. Mm -hmm. And there are times that we have all these things packed and every single one of them is played with. Yeah. It just, like you said, sometimes it just helps buy some time if you're not wanting to make it a quick trip if you're wanting it to last a while we another thing that we do is we really try to plan our outings around lunch so we either go to the hike early and we wrap it to be able to eat lunch or we go and plan to arrive if it's a longer drive we plan to arrive there eat lunch and then go on the hike and one of those things is you know michelle and i have three kids each and so having a backpack cooler with four lunches and enough water and you know the kids do have their camelbacks or their different hiking backpacks but having enough for all of that can be pretty overwhelming and daunting and heavy so plus we have our hiking pack filled plus, with all the other things yeah so just and just the logistics <laughs> yeah just the logistics over it can be kind of overwhelming so just planning to get there to either eat lunch first or in the hike and then eat lunch can be really nice um And, you know, there's one thing that I haven't said on this yet, but I would not have survived my first three years of homeschooling without an Ergo. And I I am brand loyal to Ergo. I know that Michelle has used different carriers. I like baby. My Ergo was my lifesaver with my, when she was, who's now five, but when she was a toddler, I mean, the amount of. I, I wish I would have tracked the miles I put mm-hmm. carrying her um, in that ergo. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was my lifesaver. So I would have never left the house without the ergo. And then a friend like Sammy, who has one older child and can carry my backpack uh-huh. when I have my baby on my back. <laughs> yeah, that's a great addition that I totally forgot that we used. And I think that it's important to... Think about the length of hike that you're doing and how long it's reasonably going to take. So a lot of our hikes are between one, one and a half miles, but it's going to take us an hour and a half, two hours because we are stopping and we're making observations and we are, you know, we're, we're stopping for snacks or whatever. And so those little legs, even though a straight mile might not be that bad, 
those little legs are going to get tired. And so a lot of times we wore them just around their weight or, or, you know, our carriers around our waist and waited, but those babies knew that they were there if we needed. And we did a couple trial runs before we were brave enough to leave those carriers behind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They, they're packed. Mine is packed away for good now, but it saved my life for so long. <laughs> Let's talk about being outside at home and what we use, what resources we use when we're outside. For me, um, I don't have a playground in my backyard, but we do have a saucer swing hanging from a tree and like a rope swing where she can climb up. Um, And that buys us a lot of time. We go out there and play and she makes up games. When you guys come over, they always play some type of game that they've made up. Um, We also have a huge hill in our backyard. So they love to take the, the wagon, which is terrifying to me, and go down the hill in the wagon, which really the Dale kids are the only brave ones to do it from the very top. Danger Emma's Dales. like, no. <laughs> um, but that's always so fun for them. And we're in the process of building like a little fairy garden and a little sand pit for her to dig. Um, and I just think those are some of the best ways to get outside and just enjoy nature. Um, and I know a lot of times we ride our bike down to Michelle's house because we live close and you guys are always in your driveway playing. Mm-hmm. So talk about some of the things that you bring out that help. Yeah, sidewalk chalk is huge in our house. We love sidewalk chalk. Um, I don't know if you all remember, but in 2020 when all those like stained glass masking tape, yeah, you know, creations uh-huh. were the thing. Well, then chalk became really hard to get. And so I may or may not have bought like $75 worth of Crayola sidewalk chalk when I found it on bulk sale once. So we're still working on chalk from 2020 and Crayola is just unmatched as far as sidewalk chalk quality. So I'm a little partial to it. Um, pogo sticks. We were, we were given a pogo stick from a friend recently. The kids love that competitions. How many jumps can you get? Can you get all the way around the court? <clears throat> all the things with the pogo sticks, skip it. They got to skip it. Uh, maybe a, two years ago for Easter or something, and they love that. Um, basketballs, are, both of our neighbors on either side of us have basketball goals that they allow us to use, so that's really nice. Um, they play around the world and pig and, of course, like four-on-one basketball with their dad. Um, playground balls uh, just for, you know, four, they love four square. They love the game of daddy kicking it as high and as far as he can and mm-hmm. seeing who catches it. Um, yeah, we don't have a playground in our backyard either. A sandbox. We do have a sandbox, um, that they love to dig in. And we have, um, river rock all around our landscaping. And so a lot of times you'll just find them painting rocks and our landscaping is very colorful. It's great. I was just thinking of two things that Emma likes to do outside because she's a doer and she likes having a job. We have like a little mini wheelbarrow. Mm Mm-hmm. And she loves to fill that up with mm-hmm. loose parts, sticks, leaves, rocks, and, like, just push it around the, the backyard. And then in the wintertime, at her old house, we had a big open field, and she would love taking her shovel and, like, making just, like, a pile of snow. Mm-hmm. And she just loved doing that. Like, mm-hmm. she absolutely loves having a job. So mm-hmm. I think about those two things as mm-hmm. a way for us to get outside. Well, our, our kids have built, I mean, countless animal rescue centers and and, you know just from sticks and things that they found in all of our backyards they've done Mm -hmm. all of that Um, my kids do they love having like loose parts and sticks um, and just creating building whatever it is they're going to make up and we also live for a great science experiment outside Mm -hmm. I mean our kids have access to 
vinegar, baking soda, and food coloring at all times. You just really can't go wrong with those three things. And it never you gets can. old. It never, it gets, never old. gets old. It never gets old. It never gets um, old. You know, we have a, like a under-the-bed storage uh-huh. bin that we save for out there, and they can just go out there and they can make, I mean, it never stays in there or usually doesn't, but that gives them a good place to start. Um, and they will, they will spend time with that for hours. And the same squirt bottles that we use for the snow paint is what they'll use to fill with the vinegar and they'll combine. And it's just, it's, if you're having a hard day, baking soda, vinegar, and food coloring. Yep. You cannot go wrong. Um, another thing I was just remembering is meals outside. Um, so many times, you know, just outside. We talked about it when we're hiking, but just going outside in our own back porch or driveway, um, if the kids are playing and I make lunch inside and bring it out, it it's, it's amazing. Somehow that peanut butter and jelly tastes so much better mm-hmm. out in the driveway and the sun, sunshine and the fresh air. Um, we've had countless dinners outside. We've had times where our neighbors are hanging out in the court and nobody wants to stop playing. The kids are great. The adults are, you know, mid-conversation. Nobody wants to go inside for dinner and we'll order pizza and put them in the back of the pickup truck in the driveway and just eat pizza. Bonfires, I think, is something we haven't touched on. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we are all lovers of bonfires. Mm -hmm. So many s'mores made on the back porch. Um... Well, and whenever your kids are bored, you know, they can always come to my backyard zoo because it has the chickens and the bunny and the dog, and that definitely provides some (laughs) entertainment, even though it's just in a regular neighborhood. So we just kind of, we have the the Dale Family Zoo back there to to help entertain everybody. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, too, we made, um, like, little lanterns out of the ball Mm -hmm. jars, Mm -hmm. and it had just, like, some lighting in it. And since it gets so dark so early, when we do, like, little neighborhood hike we love to take those out and it's just so magical when you have those and it's all different colors and mm-hmm. I love doing that with them or well. flashlights mm-hmm. if you don't have the lanterns flashlights my kids love playing flashlight tags flashlight tag also I was also thinking about the laser light that we both have yeah that the kids love as well oh just yeah sit out there and just point at constellations mm-hmm. and the moon or whatever you can find absolutely so many different resources mm-hmm. I just wanted to end with, as a fellow mom who was, I don't know, for some reason really intimidated to go outside in the beginning when I had kids, um, I just want to encourage you to, like, just start and start small. Start with places where the boundaries are known. Start in your yard. Start in, you know, when you have two adults. The first time you go to a park, if you have a toddler that, you know, doesn't, isn't aware of boundaries because those things are hard, especially in an unknown space. Go when you have another adult with you, whether it's your husband or a friend or um, an older, a a cousin, an older, you know, somebody that's aware of the boundaries and can help you chase your kid down. Start small. There's so many amazing things that happen just in your front and your backyard or in your neighborhood playground. Um, It doesn't have to be state park sized. It doesn't, and it shouldn't be to start out because you're going to be really intimidated and it's going to be really scary and everyone's going to be really anxious and nervous. So my biggest piece of advice is just to start small and work your way up. Once you know your child and you know the boundaries that they're going to be comfortable with and the boundaries you are comfortable with and you know their risk tolerance and that it matches your risk tolerance and you know the way that they're going to, you know, approach or stand back from a 
predator that might be dangerous to them. Once you know all of that stuff and as you get out there more, you're going to become more comfortable. I think one of our favorite things about winter hikes too is that there's like full visibility all around because mm-hmm. none of the leaves have tree. None of the trees have leaves. Um, and so our kids are offered a little bit more freedom than they might be in the summer and the spring when the trees are full of leaves. Um, and so as, a, as intimidating as it might be to get out in the winter, it's kind of a really great place to start getting on trail somewhere because you can see so much and there's not a lot of people out honestly there's like so few people out in the winter and on hikes and you know target walmart all those places provide great gear you don't have to Mm -hmm. have the name brand or the fancy it's really about just you know my kids all their boots are target and it's Mm -hmm. it's what their gloves are from costco and you know Mm -hmm. just trying to um if you can keep warm, that that's really all that matters is, is figuring out that way or when it comes to winter. Redo. And resources. So the redo for this episode is going to be kind of something we touched on a, on a little bit earlier, but always have extra clothes. There, there used to be a time in my life where I did not have my car filled with other options and I'm not as detailed as Michelle so I I really try to just keep it simple I do like a zip up and a pair of underwear um for the winter I just hope that we don't have to go in public after our hike and if we do then they're going in their pajamas um and in the you know in the summer having like she said at that point in the summer you have to have the extra underwear and shirt and shorts and um, maybe an extra a bathing suit on hand just in case if they decide if we end up finding water so I try to not make that mistake anymore I try to always be prepared um, and just it's not fancy my car is always a hot mess as these two can attest but you know a, a bag that has those clothes in it um, I usually have an extra pair of leggings in for me just in case something wild happens. I've been okay so far, but I, I keep those in there just, just to be safe. Um, and yeah, just, just being ready, being prepared. And if you can, if there's one thing you can take away from this is pack extra clothes. Mm-hmm. And our resource for this episode is the Indiana State Park Pass, which is $50 for the whole calendar year. And that provides you access to like 30 different sites that you can get into, and it's definitely worth it. Your state might be different, um, so just definitely check your, you know, government websites to see what your state park passes. But I think every state offers them, and they definitely save you money if you're going to utilize it. Mm -hmm. I know we've saved so much money by going with that, Um, and it's really just being intentional because it is the, for Indiana, it is the calendar year. Mm -hmm. So buying it at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for joining us today. We will see you back here two weeks from today. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at barefootscholars underscore the podcast to follow along on all of our adventures. You can also like and subscribe to our channel to make sure you don't miss our next episode. And if you like what you hear, we would love for you to leave a review.